Hey, it's me, Lisa P, and welcome to It's Called Life, where we deep dive into society, culture, relationships, motherhood, and all the crazy things that make up this thing called life. And today I want to talk about something that has been a friend and a foe, and that is the biological clock. Now, when we're talking about the biological clock, we're talking about that urge to procreate, which not everybody has, but if you do, there is absolutely a healthy window of time where you are trying to focus your time and energy to find the right mate, find the right partner, and get busy. Unfortunately, I think this leads people down a path to play almost like a game of dating musical chairs where they end up with maybe not the exact right person because it happened to be the exact right time. Now, if we're talking about finding a lifelong partner, if we're talking about finding our perfect match, our perfect soulmate, a partner that we can grow old together with, a partner that will be our true equal and and match in this life, it seems almost foolhardy to think that that would happen within a set timeline. You know, you see people waiting longer to get married, and honestly, I think it's because they are measuring each and every partner with a little bit more care. They're also establishing themselves and making sure they have their life and their understanding of their wants and needs together before they shack up and start a family. Because if you have kids, you know that everything really changes once you get married and start adding children to your household. But if we're talking about realistically, the biological clock argument really goes from like, I don't know, when a woman starts a period at 13 to let's call it 15. 45, you know, pre-menopausal and menopausal. Um, And of those menstruating years, we're really only talking about an appropriate timeline of, let's call like societally appropriate, post 18 to, we'll call it right up until that advanced maternal age, that 35 cutoff, which I have a lot to say about. Now, if you don't know, I just had my third child and I am indeed 35. I had him right after I turned 35 and no, it wasn't exactly in the perfect plan. It wasn't um, the age that I hoped I would be to be having another child. But at the same time, I was 34 when I got pregnant. So that's right under that cutoff. And it's not exactly the same sort of cutoff as it used to be either. Women are waiting longer and longer to have their children. And I feel like the average maternal age has gotten older over the past few generations. There have also been really incredible advancements in the uh, fertility industry, not just through IVF and um fertility treatments for a gestating mother, but also in the realm of surrogacy, which again is pushing the realm of what's an acceptable age to be having a child all the way up to, I would say, even 50. We see celebrities these days. Um, Hillary Swank, for example, is in her late 40s and is pregnant with twins right now, her first pregnancy. There are definitely more percentages and higher risks when you get past that 35 age. Um, But just from my experience, I, again, was 34. I don't think there's like a magical cutoff number. I think everybody's body is going to handle pregnancy a little bit different. But for me, my third pregnancy at the age of 34, 35 was physically more demanding. I had gestational diabetes, which is an increased risk, risk factor the older you get as a gestating mother 
Um, I also had SPD, which is a pelvic dysfunction, which caused lots of pain and discomfort and inability to walk around. It was, it was not very fun. Um, and those are certain risk factors that, you know, they say are attributed to a geriatric pregnancy. So, you know, maybe my body just got there a little bit, a little bit early, but I want to bring it back to the biological clock and the pressure that puts on us when picking a partner, because I have spoken to a few friends of ours that are child-free by choice. Um, they said that if they ever had the extreme desire to have children, that they would, they don't dislike children. They love our kids. They love their friends' children. Um, but it just, Never seemed like an absolute yes, so until then, they were going to call it a no. Um, And we were having a discussion about marriages, and I know that I know so many couples, so many parents who have seemingly difficult marriages, um, a hard time getting along, a hard time running the day-to-day business of marriage, and... You know, you can really tell when a couple truly likes spending their time together. And I know a lot of parents, particularly, who don't. And in that respect, I I think the child-free people have a leg up on those of us who have that, you know, fire under our ass to find a person so we can have kids because we absolutely know we want to have kids. Like, we know that we want to settle down and have a family, and there is that biological clock that, 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 urgency that if you know you don't want to have kids that's not really even part of the factor and that is a little bit of that freedom you know what are the odds that you're going to find your perfect partner in between the ages of 19 and 30 um i mean would that be ideal fantastic of course i mean i i wish i had met my husband earlier simply so i could live more years with him of my life um but Luckily, we found each other. I was in my early 20s. He's a little bit older than me. So he was five years older than me. He was almost 30. Um, But when we look at the motivators for people to end end up together and to get married, is simply being at the right place at the right time a good enough qualifier for a lifelong relationship? I think technology keeps ushering us forward and almost in a way is helping to manage our humanity. And we have come up with really incredible and innovative solutions for all sorts of medical problems, all sorts of innately human inadequacies. And I think that the fertility industry has made incredible strides. I think there have been things done within my lifetime that I didn't know would ever be possible. And I think we're getting closer and closer to a timeline where our biological clocks may not be as much of a factor as to whether or not we can start a family. Um, Whether or not you think that's dystopian or that's something we should be meddling in, I'm not sure. But I think because there already is such a large fertility industry, there are so many couples that struggle with infertility. Um, You know, we have heard whisperings on the internet, whether they're true or not, I'm not really sure about them constructing an artificial womb, which to me seems very much out of the matrix, but also I absolutely see a practical application for that, especially for um, male same-sex couples, um, for people with infertility issues. 
I, you know, the, the implications could always go to a dark place, but I also see, you know, the amount of hope that that could give somebody. Also, if you're in this conversation, if you're somebody who wants to have children, if you, especially if you're a woman, but you don't want to take those steps back from your career at this exact moment, you know, women are always put in this position where they have to choose in a way that men don't have to, because we are in some ways shackled to our biology in ways that men aren't. Men can procreate all the way up through their 50s and 60s. Um, I think even later, I think Mick Jagger had kids at, I don't know, damn near 70, but men don't have to consider their age when they think about settling down, having a family, having kids. You know, the George Clooney effect of waiting for that truly perfect person um, until he's very much middle-aged, but I mean, the good news for him is he found Amal Clooney, who was 35 (laughs) and just hitting that advanced maternal age, but still very much able to conceive and have children. But I think this fertility freedom that could potentially be offered by these advancements in the fertility industry could not only allow women to live the life that they truly choose, and not to say that they wouldn't choose to have these children at this time. But if you ask, um, especially a very career-driven woman, if they had to measure the time away and the sacrifice to have kids, to carry a pregnancy, to have their children and, and take that time, that maternity leave, and you know, it, it absolutely is a disruption. Now, I would never say that that's not a worthwhile disruption, but that's my perspective. Um, Usually these women are taking these steps back in order to grow their families that impacts their career and they're doing it at a time that, yeah, they're peak fertility, but they're also right there peak in those money making, those career building, those dream chasing years, you know, from 20 to 40, that's when careers get made, legacies get built, moves get made. And if women could have the choice to you know, what they tell us to have it all, to be able to have that rock star career, to be able to choose when they want to have children um, with a larger window. I think that would be miraculous. Now, I am not a scientist. I don't know if any of these things are actually in the works or something that potentially could happen, but it feels like that's the direction the fertility industry is going, and especially when we're talking about equity um, and women's rights and women's equality. You know, we always said that we're not looking for equality with men. We're looking for equity. We're looking for the playing field to be fair. And one of the ways that it has always been inequitable is in child rearing. I used to joke with my husband that I wish, you know, I would have so many more kids if he could take one for the team and, you know, carry this pregnancy like a seahorse. Um, It definitely takes a toll on your body. It definitely takes a toll on your mental health, on your physical health. And, you know, maybe we would have four kids if he could strap on a uterus and uh, gestate for one of these things. (laughs) There we go. There's a whole nother technological option we haven't even considered. (laughs) Now, unfortunately, I know men well enough to know that not not very many of them would sign up for the seahorse 
uh, trial run, but <laughs> just by looking at their wives and girlfriends ha- carrying pregnancies, I think they I think they can tell that it's not all sunshine and rainbows. But who knows? Maybe some of them would try it. But even if not, I have a feeling this artificial womb thing is going to jump from the pages of science fiction into our reality within maybe within my lifetime, honestly, within the next 30 years, that seems kind of feasible. And again, there's some pretty scary uh, implications and possibilities that could be used uh, for that technology. But for the sake of positivity, I would like to believe that it would also offer us as women an incredible amount of choice-making, decision-making, planning, timing, and freedom. And maybe if people are looking at being able to start their family within a larger window, they would also make better choices on who to start that family with. The game of musical chairs wouldn't be as significant. It wouldn't be like, oh damn, I'm 28. I know I want to have kids. You know, I have some reservations about this guy, but you know, I really want to have children and I really just I don't want to start all over again and waste my time and then go through another couple years of dating and another year of engagement and another, you know, wedding planning. You know, it's you get to a point, I feel like in that late 20s and early 30s where your friends who do want kids but don't have kind of, a, I guess, a, a guy or a plan can start to feel that door closing. And although I would encourage anyone who wants children to have them when you're ready, have them when you want, Um, there's nothing that says 35 is an actual cutoff. I know I have two of my closest friends who had their first at 40 and their second at 42. So absolutely doable in this day and age, thankfully. I also want to point out that they had perfectly healthy pregnancies and babies um, and conceived naturally. So the window's lo- <laughs> the window's a little bit bigger than I think the medical community would like us to believe. Nobody likes to see that, you know, geriatric pregnancy on their chart or advanced maternal age put on their chart. I feel like after 35, they start to handle you with white gloves. <laughs> I guess my overarching message is that the biological clock still very much is a point of pressure for couples, especially women, and who you decide to have children with is probably the most important decision you will make in your entire life if you choose to have children. The person you choose to do that with, that's the most important decision. Um, And the odds of finding that perfect person when you're under a time crunch doesn't seem realistic to me. And although we may be years and years away from a practical solution to the biological clock problem, I do think that finding a solution to the biological clock will not only lead to women's freedom, but it'll also lead to potentially happier and healthier relationships. And I'm so curious to know, do you know couples who took the plunge into marriage simply because they were ready to start a family? I'll bet you know at least one. Thanks for joining me for this discussion. It's me, Lisa P., and I will see you next time.